I walked on dry ground. I'm Greg, and I believe in a powerful and redeemed life for every Christian man stuck in sexual bondage. Hi, I'm Greg, and I believe in the hope of a powerful and redeemed life for every Christian man stuck in sexual bondage. Welcome to my podcast, I Walked on Dry Ground, where I tell my story of how I walked on dry ground across the Red Sea from addiction to recovery, from bondage to living a redeemed life. Right now I'm revisiting my journal entries from early in my recovery, reading my thoughts from over three years ago when I didn't know what I didn't know and I hadn't journeyed through the Red Sea. And I'm thankful now that I've walked on dry ground and I can look back and practice remembrance and share that with you. So cue the blues music and let's jump in. All right. Today, we are going to explore a journal entry from four days later than the last one you read together in the prior episode. Before we jump into that, I've got a joke. There was an elderly couple who, in their old age, noticed that they were getting a lot more forgetful, so they decided to go to the doctor. The doctor told them they should start writing things down so they don't forget. They went home, and the old lady asked her husband for a bowl of ice cream. You might want to write it down, she said. The husband growled, no, I can remember you want a bowl of ice cream. She then told her husband she wanted a bowl of ice cream and whipped cream. Write it down, she told him. And again he said, no, no, I can remember you want a bowl of ice cream with whipped cream. As the old man was walking away, the old lady called after him that she wants a cherry on top. Write it down, she told her husband. And again, he replied, no, I got it. You want a bowl of ice cream with whipped cream and a cherry on top. So he goes to get the ice cream and spends an unusually long time in the kitchen. He comes out to his wife and hands her a plate of eggs and bacon. The woman stares at the plate for a moment. Then she looks up at her husband and asks, where's the toast? Moving into the journal entry and what we're here for, I'm going to read a journal entry, and the theme is fear. And the scripture I want to touch on before we jump in is Psalm 118.6. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? At this point in my recovery, today especially, I feel a hope, and this hope gives way to a joy. I found a sponsor. It became clearer and clearer as I prayed God to reveal him, and I couldn't imagine a better sponsor. The only thing is he's moving to New York this summer. He's a Christian, has years' experience with SAA, engaged, and I can identify with him so easily. Also, I've signed up for internet accountability and called on my friends to help. Their immediate support makes me feel so loved, and I've committed to talking to Shante about a safety action plan for our home. I'm so hopeful that this recovery is going to progress, and this hope and the love of my supporters is giving me joy. Now at the same time, I can feel some emotions that are going to put up a fight. Specifically, 
desperation and fear. My desperation is the part of me dependent on my addiction that is scared, witnessing all these choices for recovery. It wants to grab hold of whatever it can as it senses that it will be dragged away, kicking and screaming. This won't be easy for me. This desperation has power that is very quick and compulsive over my eyes and a strong pull on my mind, which is aided if it can trigger any amount of excitement in my body. I can feel the panic inside of me living right next to the hope and joy. The other is fear, which last night persuaded me to not talk to Shantae. This fear produces anxiety and can drain my joy and replace it with discouragement and despair. These are unpleasant, but will pass with time. Overcoming fear to make choices for my recovery will be challenging, and it will stretch me if I let it. Lord God, help me and guide me. I am weak and defeated by my flesh. Show me the steps and make them on the rock. Let me walk by the light of your glory. Put thanksgiving in my heart and make my ways like those of your obedient and loving Son. In Jesus' name, thank you for loving me so much and giving me a taste of the hope and joy you would have for me. Please help me choose this and count all the struggles this year as gain. So that's my journal entry. And you can see I'm torn. I'm in two places at once. On the one hand, I'm really excited. I'm encouraged. I feel loved by my friends who have come alongside of me and by provision of a sponsor who I can really connect with, who has experience, who's engaged. I've taken some good steps forward. I've signed up for internet accountability. I've committed to doing a safety action plan and I have a felt joy and encouragement about how my recovery is going so far here in month two. And at the same time, I'm sensing these parts of me that are gonna put up a fight. There's a part of me that doesn't know how to cope without an addiction. And that feeling that it embodies is desperation. And I wrote that it will be dragged away kicking and screaming. And I don't think that's unusual. I don't think that's unusual at all. I think leaving an addiction behind, there's a reason why it has such power in my life. If I could just walk away from it easily without any resistance, I would. I wonder if you can relate. If you are in early stages of your recovery, do you have that feeling? Is part of you scared and desperate to hang on to your addiction, to grab onto something as it's being dragged down the road of recovery? I also feel panic, and it's interesting that I wrote, the panic lives right next to the hope and joy that I'm feeling. They're neighbors. They're neighbors inside of me, and they coexist. I believe that I can feel panic and hope and joy at the same time. Or I can feel panic and have hope and joy at the same time, even though I don't feel it. That's the beauty of God's word and his promises that are eternal and transcend any circumstance that might be making me feel panic logically or sensibly, yet I have hope and joy because God's word hasn't changed in that moment and it won't change when I'm done with that moment. And I'm thankful for this realization I had here early in recovery where I said, these are unpleasant, but will pass with time. And looking back over the last three years since this journal entry, that's a principle that I've come back to time and time again, that what I'm going through, what I'm feeling will pass. As I feel extreme fear or extreme anxiety, you know, it's very unpleasant and I don't desire to have those unpleasant feelings. Yet when I'm having them, there's a very small handhold that I can grab on 
and and I say very small because it it doesn't feel like almost anything in the moment, but that very small handhold is the fact that it will pass. And finally, I'm coming to the topic I really wanted to talk about, which is fear. And I write, overcoming fear to make choices for my recovery will be challenging, and it will stretch me if I let it. That is still a challenge for me in my life, in the present day, overcoming fear to make choices for my recovery, to make choices for my priorities in life, for my spiritual priorities, for my relationship with others and with God. Fear still drives me in directions I don't want to go. And overcoming fear is hard. And how could it not always be hard? And I may just be ignorant there, but I can't imagine a world where it's not hard to overcome fear and make choices in the face of fear. Being courageous and moving in the direction I want to go no matter how I'm feeling. And even just yesterday, here I am in 2020, and there's an area of my life where I'm really discouraged. And it's really hard to continue to move forward in that area. And I can also sense a neighbor to my discouragement is commitment. I don't feel like I'm going to give up. I'm discouraged. I'm almost expecting this feeling inside of me that I'm unconsciously planning to give up. I think I'm used to that. I think I'm used to when I feel discouraged, I give up and I withdraw. And that makes sense as my personality type is a three and I thrive on success and I don't do things that I quote unquote suck at. And so this thing I'm sucking at, which is even hard to say, by the way, it's hard to sit with that. But this thing that I'm sucking at and feeling discouraged about, I consider it such a victory that I'm not planning to give up. And then finally, I want to touch on the scripture that I shared. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. So in the past three years, similar to the promise that this will pass, the promise that God is with me, that his presence is with me, has also been something that I grab onto to take courage, that I grab onto to do those hard steps forward in the face of fear and discouragement. And again, I can't stress this more because it doesn't feel like I thought it would feel. The message that I learned somehow, I'm not even sure how, is that saying the Lord is with me, I will not be afraid, means I'll feel perfect about what I'm about to do, no matter what it is. I'm going to feel so courageous and I'm going to not be fearful or feel so confident. That's just not the case. I still feel afraid and I feel like grabbing onto that promise, at least this is where I'm at, is the tiniest of tiny handholds. My fear doesn't just vanish and I feel like I just barely grasped this little straw. Yet, it's something. It's more than I can get from anything else. And so remembering that God is not far from me when I'm feeling afraid and stuck and overwhelmed, which I, I hate feeling those things, but to get unstuck, to take this and not even just get fully unstuck in one single moment, but just to take a small baby step towards getting unstuck. A lot of times I have remembered that God is near to me and that tiny little handhold to grab onto has helped me take one baby step out of my circumstance. 
So that's it. Thank you for joining me and remembering with me my mindset early in recovery and reflecting on the past few years of recovery. It's good for me to reflect and to think about the things that I've learned that God has done for me, steps forward in my faith and my journey with God. My hope is that you've felt encouraged, you've been able to identify with something I've said today, or just generally felt uplifted, upbuilt, or encouraged by spending this time with me. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you later.